Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. We are here on tonight with our very own Prophetess Patrice Myrick, and she is going to be doing our 12-week series. We're on week number three, and we are so excited because she is going to be continuing her series, which is the 12 most inspiring leadership lessons from Bible characters. Amen. And tonight, Amen. <laughs> I got it right. And tonight's character is Joseph. So at this time, we're going to open up in prayer. We're going to ask uh, Pastor John, would you open us up in prayer? And the next voice you will hear is our very own prophet, Patrice Myrick. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for bringing us together one more time, God, to learn of you and to study your word. God, we pray for the speaker on today, God, for the teacher on today, God, that you will bind up all nervousness, God, and give her, give her fresh anointing and fresh word, God. Comfort her and speak to her right now as she stands before us. Give her, give her even fresh wisdom, things that she may not have even studied, but just may come to her as she teaches us. And God, we thank you, God for all that you, you have done for us and all that you continue to do. And God, we just pray that you forever get the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor John. Thank you, Pastor Ruth, again, for the opportunity and the willingness to allow me to uh, teach this series what God had showed you in reference to leadership. So today, um, as Pastor Ruth talked about, we're going to be and the character, we're going to study Joseph. Now, Joseph's story goes from Genesis chapter 37 through chapter 50. But we're not going to read all those chapters today. We're going to focus on the beginning chapter, chapter 37, when all the beginning drama starts in reference to Joseph and his brothers. Amen. And we're going to see some things about people, about families. Um, and I want us to have a really open discussion about it because there's a lot in this story um, and just a chapter that we're going to read in chapter 37. Again, as I said, I always read from the New Living Translation because that's my friend and it's all good and marked up for me. And that's how I study and I, and I study through that, that, um, that version, but I memorized the New King James, I mean, King James Version. Chapter 37, Joseph's dream. Now, Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. They were, these are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph was 17 years of age, was pastoring the flock with his brothers while he was still a youth. 
along with his son, along with the sons of Bela and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a, a very, um, very colored tunic. His brothers saw that the father loved him more than all the brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brother said to him, are you actually going to reign over us or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he had still another dream and related, that related to his brothers and said, lo, I have had still another dream and behold, the sun and the moon, 11 stars are bowing down to me. He related to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept saying in mind that his brothers went to pasture their father's flock of Sheshem. Israel said to Joseph, are you not your brother's are, are not your brothers pastoring in the flock of Sheshem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said to them, I will go. Then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him away, sent him from the valley of Hebron and he came to Sheshem. A man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field and the man asked him, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pastoring the flock. Then the man said, they have moved from here for I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found him in Dothan, the plot against Joseph. When they saw him from a distance, before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into all to one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devour him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard this and rescued him out of the land, out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben Further said to them, shed no blood, throw him in this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that, that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. They sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our flesh, and his brothers listened to him. 
Then some Midianite traders passed by, so they pulled him up, lifted Joseph out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now Reuben returned to the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, so he tore his garments. He returned to his brothers and said, the boy is not there. As for me, where am I to go? He returned to his brother. I'm sorry. So they looked, took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic into the blood. And they sent the very colored tunic and brought it to the father and said, we found this. Please examine to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. Then he examined it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So Jacob tore his clothes and put a sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Then all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He said, surely I will go down to Sheol in mourning for my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold him to, in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. <laughs> wow. Before I get started, um, on the history and, and um, basically where he lived in Hebron and all that. Um, there was a couple of things that, um, as Pastor John says, will come revelation as I'm reading or as I'm teaching. And when we talked about, when the scripture talks about the dream that Joseph had and that he was a dreamer and that God gave him the dream, a lot of times dreamers or prophets have dreams about things and they write them down and they share them with other people. There's some people who are jealous of your gift and those people can handle your gift. Therefore, they're jealous of your gift. And then of course, they're jealous of the dream or the vision that God has bestowed upon you. But my question to the prophets and to the dreamers is you have to be very careful because before you share that dream, that vision, ask God, is it okay? Because he might not be finished speaking. And so you've, 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 you've interrupted the dream or the vision before God was able to speak and to finish giving it to you. So that's just what, what I heard as I was reading um, today. So I, it just hit, it hit my soul because I know a lot of times prophets struggle with what they see and what God tells them. And, you know, and sometimes they get excited and they want to share, but just be careful because just because they're just because they look like you don't mean that you're kind. Doesn't mean they're happy for you. As we can see in this family here that these brothers hated their brother because the father loved him more. So we know that the, the, um, want to share with you that the meaning of the word Joseph it means either may the Lord add or he has taken away. So we know that Joseph, that his family was Isaac and Abram. Joseph was one of the patriarchs of Israel. Both of the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim was descended from Joseph. His father and his brothers were shepherds like Isaac and Abraham before them. At the time Joseph was sold into slavery, he was the youngest of his brothers. And so we know that his father loved him. But what's so interesting about all of this is that they, they work together, they live together, but because the father showed the favor towards Joseph, 
his brothers hated him, hated him so much the more that they wanted to kill him. And because he shared the dream about the sheaves and the bowing down, they, they, they interpreted it as though that he was going to be king and they would bow down to him, which made them hate them even the more. But what's so interesting about the story is that as they're eating, they're funny, they put him in a hole and they're sitting there eating and the Ishmaelites and the Midianites come by and they sell him. But Reuben doesn't even know because Reuben didn't want any bloodshed. Reuben didn't want him to be hurt. But when Reuben comes back, he's missing. And so when we look at this story, we see that, that we know going further that Joseph goes you know, to be sold to Potiphar and he had to resist Potiphar's wife and all the things that he went through, all the drama. But the drama started because not only was he favored by his biological father, he's favored by the father. And so that gives us insight when we look at our lives is that if we're favored by God and that God you know, gives us grace and he grants us gifts that there are gonna be some people even in our family who hate us and cannot tell us that they secretly hate us, but their actions, some of their words, some of the things they burn out their mouth in different occasions, whether it be Thanksgiving or whether it be not even talking to you, it comes out in the wash. And so um, whoever that is, can you please mute your um, phone? I hear keyboard or something. Um, so um, when we look at, when we look at this, that when we look at the hatred of family members and the hatred of those who are jealous of our gifts, we see that that God is, even though Joseph is going through something, that God's favor is with Joseph the entire time. That they didn't kill him, even though they hated him enough to kill him, but then they hated him enough to get rid of him. Like, well, you know what, at least his blood won't be in our hands. But they had no idea what the Israelites or the Midianites might do to Joseph. So that when you think about it, they're like, well, if we don't kill him, if somebody else kills him, it's not on us. And so, Joseph's story is so reminiscent of just the average person who's growing up in a large family, who's trying to find their way. He's the youngest child. He's trying to be heard. His father loves him because he was born in old age. And so that I could look at my life and look at how that happened in my family where the youngest child was favored by the parents because they were born um, they were born in an older age and they catered to this, the, the younger child. So it, it causes a little animosity um, in the family, if you will, um, if you're not careful. And so when we look at parents and how, you know, all the parents say, well, I love all my children just the same. And, you know, you never could get your mother really to say who she loved the most because she wouldn't do that to you. But secretly inside, by action, you can see different things um, as far as reference to favoritism. But as far as Joseph as a leader, um, the events around his birth um, were really interesting because remember that Rachel and Leah were in a struggle over who would be loved most by Jacob. Ha, huh, right? So both of them justly wanted to desire to bear children for, their, for him. And after Leah had already born several, God finally opened up Rachel's womb and she gave birth to Joseph. This is while Jacob was still with Laban. Remember that story? So when we look at the struggle of his birth, that the mothers, the, uh, Jacob's wives, were struggling on who he loved the most. 
And so is it befitting that when, when Joseph is born, that he's the favor, but the brothers are fighting over who the, who the father loves the most? So we look at Joseph, he was a shepherd as a young boy. We know that he was basically the errand boy. He ran back and forth, reported to his father what was going on in the field, <clears throat> excuse me, with his brother. But when we look at Joseph's place in history, Joseph, um, he holds a huge place in history because, um, and not only just in history of Israel, Egypt, but all believers, because it's probably, it's probably the most of Joseph's immediate family that would have died off unless he ended up in Egypt and able to divert the famine catastrophe. Now the boy who they hate, the boy who they're jealous of, ends up saving the entire family and the nation. Ha, isn't that amazing? So therefore he says, you know, though you slay me yet, I trust you. But we talked about that in Job, but then um, Joseph comes up and says that you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. So God's, so Joseph's purpose was not just a dream. His dream was real. His dream came true. But in all of that, he stayed humble. So as a leader, he was humble. And you might say, well, it looks sounds funny to call him a leader. In the beginning, when he was hated by his brothers, he was sold into slavery, he had to run. You know, but at the end of the day, when he ended up in jail, he was still interpreting dreams. And, and as he went along, he was finding favor as he went, grace as he moved, grace as he was um, mistreated. God continued to give him grace because he was still alive and he was still able to hear God and speak the dreams that God had given him to and even interpret the dreams. So when we look at his natural gift, that um, one of his greatest natural gifts was discernment. And I believe that in my spirit, and what I believe is that discernment is very important for a leader. Because if you don't have discernment as a leader, how do you know what God is saying? How do you know where the gifts in your, in your, your church, where are the gifts? How can you identify the gifts? How can you see the gifts sometimes more than the person that you're speaking about or speaking to? And then not only that, how do you see the wolves coming? Because the wolves come in sheep's clothing and that we know that those wolves will come to do what? Get the leader. Because if you get the leader, you take out the congregation. So that the leader has to be careful and has to be discerning and have that gift. And then they have to stay before God to ask God to give them clarity. And I always I share this with so many people. Um, when people come into your lives, a lot of times, Leaders get happy about people coming into the church or coming into their life or want to uh, partner with them in ministry and all that. But I tell anybody, before you listen to the story, listen to the proposition, wherever it may be, listen to it and then go before God. Because in your spirit, you need to be saying and asking the question, who sent you? Because it need to be the father. Or it could be the enemy who sent them to take you out. So you have to have that discernment. That even when you're doing new business, even if you're going into new ventures, even creating new ministries, you got to have that discernment to ask God, is this what you, what, you know, what you require of me? Is this what you want of me? Because, because Joseph had to use discernment in dealing with Potiphar's wife. He had to have that integrity in him that he was not, you know, we know he was very handsome. So Potiphar's wife was like, she was, she was all about it. 
and she wanted to be with Joseph. But Joseph, you know, he could he he wasn't trying to go there. But she lied on him. Even in the lion, he never said anything. He kept he kept quiet, but he kept his strength because he was faithful to God and that, you know, he had stewardship, but he also, you know, he resisted temptation. We see that um, Genesis 39, 7 to 12. But that wisdom and discernment is so important because the leadership and the leadership has to look at themselves also with discernment and recognize their times when I'm not on point or I'm off my trail, I'm off my track, I'm not getting enough rest, I'm tired, I don't feel like studying today. All those things that you go to God before before, um, to give you the strength to be the leader, give you the strength to discern and the strength to have vision for your ministry, that you still have to listen to God. And I believe that that Joseph's faithfulness, that he was, I mean, he suffered, but he was faithful even in the suffering. So as a leader that when you're going through and then when you're suffering, can you still be faithful? Can you still be faithful to the call of God on your life? Can you still be faithful to God? Yes, none of us want to struggle. None of us want to go through anything. But God doesn't care about how we feel about it is what he's going to get out of it. And so sometimes we can't understand what God is doing because we can't trace his hand. We can't see what he's doing. He's not showing us. Even when you're like, look, I, I'm, I'm not understanding. I don't know what's going on because I can't imagine being Joseph. I would have said those things. For real, God, you put me in this crazy family and they're going to try to kill me and they're going to send me off. And now they sold me to the woman, to the to Potiphar, and, um, Potiphar's wife trying to take me out. Now I'm in jail. I mean, he had the best pity, pity story. But he also has a testimony. But even in all that, he was still faithful. And so because of his faithfulness um, and God's sovereignty, that he was the one that was able to save Egypt, even in the famine. And because of the dreams and the visions, he told him what to plant, when to plant, how to plant it, you know, what years to plant. He, he, he was given the specific instructions to save the nation. But what I love about Joseph the most is that even through all of that, how did Joseph forgive his family? How did that happen? And I can imagine that through all the years not seeing his family, that his heart had to be broken, had to be hurt for what they had done to him. That he chose not to strike back, get revenge. He could have just left him there and let them be hungry and die. But because he didn't do that, their family as a unit was able to continue to live, continue to grow, but they also recognized who Joseph really was. And so that even though that there are people that are gonna come against us and do those things when they see our gifts and they're jealous of our gifts and they don't understand why we have favor for God, even going through the mess. Because if we let someone else tell our story, they're looking on the outside, in their mind, we should be dead. We should be crazy. We should be angry with God. We should be resentful. We should go back and kill our family. But behind the closed doors of Joseph and his relationship with his father, they don't hear the prayer. They don't hear God talking to Joseph and telling him what to do, giving him the discernment on how to handle himself. And through that relationship, Joseph's faithfulness, it grew. 
that even though he endured, even through the hardship, and then all of us have history with God, and that we can see how people have done us wrong, and people have been jealous of us, and people have hurt us. Family, friend, foe, co-worker, we all have a story of that person or the those persons. But we have to be like Jesus. We have to be like God. And that we have to find it in our heart to forgive. Forgiving does not mean forget. Forgiving means that I'm letting me off the hook because me not forgiving you is weighing me down, is taking away, is diminishing my light. It's weighting me down. I can't think. I can't get through the day without wondering or thinking about what you did and how you make me feel. So if I don't forgive you, I'm killing myself in the spirit. And so God doesn't want us to be there. So when we look at Joseph and we know that when he heard the news about his brothers, that he cried. Because then he had to make that decision because in, in the, later on in, the, um, in, in Genesis, it talks about how they're on both sides of the field and they're coming to each other and they see each other and they don't know. The family doesn't know how Joseph is going to react towards them. And they're afraid because they know what they did to him. Would we be more forgiven if we thought the people that hurt us um, needed us or had, had regrets? Do we give, do, does it cause us to give ever the more then? Or even if they never regret it, then even if you never saw them again, can we forgive them for what they did when they knew not who he was? And I say all that because in my study, it talks about how Joseph is a foreshadow of Jesus. And when you look at when he was sold for the 20 shekels and Jesus, you know, he sold Jesus out for the 30, 30 pieces of silver. And what his brothers didn't recognize who he was and they were in the family and Jesus the town of Bethlehem didn't recognize who he was he was Mary and Joseph's baby they were waiting for the Messiah but they didn't realize that he was the Messiah he was unidentifiable because he didn't he wasn't like the Sadducees and the Pharisees and didn't wear all the robes and the garb and all that potentate those things that made them look important in a title. But he was an average Joe walking around with sandals. He walked, he rode a boat, and he went to go witness. And everywhere he went, those who loved him and those who wanted to kill him, because they were jealous of him. The Sadducees and the Pharisees were angry because they could not figure out how did he know? How, did, how could he teach the way he, he, he taught? How did he know what he knew? from the father. And so that when we look at people who don't like us for what we know or what God has given us, that we still have to keep moving in ministry as Jesus, moving an example as Joseph and keep following God. There's no way that Joseph could have survived all that he survived without the grace of God, without the relationship with God, 
and without the mercy of God. And so we know that grace and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. We know that our history shows us that we should have been dead, buried in our grave. We know there are things that we've done that should have took us out. But for the grace of God, there goes I. When we look at Joseph's story, we see so much of ourselves and how people don't understand ministry. They don't understand when God gives you something special and, and you get so excited and you want to share it with your family and friends. But you realize that after you share it, they treat you differently. And inside, secretly, they hate you. Where did you come from, you Jesus lover? You used to smoke crack. I don't believe this. I don't believe there's no way God did all that for you because I remember when. God is a saving God. God is a God of grace. His saving mercy that, Jesus, that he brought his son, Jesus, to die for us and that our sins are forgiven. That no matter what, he cannot use us unless we're willing to go through stuff. So when Joseph went through his stuff and when he, the people got to see all that he went through, that he got to see his brothers on the other side to forgive them and to save them, but to understand that he was more than just my little brother. He was God's man. He was God's mouthpiece. And because of his faithfulness, even though we thought that we were doing something wrong, we saw him right. The plan was right because he landed in the exact place he was supposed to be in the right time to save us, us jealous people. And so we see Joseph. And we read in those chapters, chapter 37 through 50, and we see God's hand on his life. And we see how, how the people in his life have just done so many things to him and hated him. And they, you know, and, and, and I think for me, this story is so hard is because these are the people you grew up with. That's hard to know that the ones that you shared the table with, that you grew up with, shared the same parents, and that you wanted to share and you were excited about what God was doing and what God showed you, and that you shared it, and all of a sudden, these same people hate you. I can't imagine what he felt like when they put him in the pit with no water. I, I, I can't even imagine what went through his mind that he couldn't get out, there's no water. And the people whom I love, who my father sent me to check on, put me in this pit. And then they sold me, but they sold me into my destiny. That's what they didn't realize. They sold me into my destiny. So the things they said about me, the things they did to me, the things that, that happened to me, moved me into the destiny and the, and the, the purpose that God created me for at the end. That even though I went through all that, God's plan still came to pass. He wasn't dead. He saved Egypt. He saved his family. God gave him instructions on how to deal with the famine, how to plan what was coming, to prepare for what's coming. And not until Joseph's family got hungry and realized it was Joseph. And Egypt, there was doing. They had to come. They had to go to him. And so, 
the forgiveness of Joseph for his family is so powerful because not just because of all the things that happened, but because the progress and the process of, you know, being in a pit, being in a poverty house, being in a prison, going through all that he had to go through. And I know for me, each time I went through that or each day, I would have thought about who put me here. Being honest, they did it to me. This is how I got here. They did it to me. But Joseph never took his ear off of God's mouth. Even through adversity, even through struggles, he never took his ear off of God's mouth. So I could say so much more. I could go into all it. And I, what I'm saying, half is not even in my notes. You know, God speaks the way he speaks. But Joseph, his, his, his discernment, his power, his strength, and his spirit is so profound to me. Because we can barely take dealing with church people who talk about us. It, that hurts. It hurts when our family, we don't get along with our family. It hurts. And so even though we know God and we hear God, it still hurts our heart. And sometimes it hurts our spirit. And so we're struggling sometimes on how to forgive and how to keep facing how to be strong and how to keep moving even when my heart is broken. How do I lead when my heart is broken without bleeding on the people? I have to be healed from my unforgiveness, from my hurt. Because if I don't, the whole congregation is bloody and it won't be their fault. But as a leader, we have to be discerning. We have to always be connected. We have to always stay in tune of where we are with God and even with that feelings because what we don't want to do is spew out onto people because we never know when the phone is going to ring. We get to counsel. When we got to counsel people, we got to go to someone's house, you know, because of death or whatever. We have no idea. But we always have to stay in that space of always working towards forgiving ourselves even for the stuff that we've done or didn't do or haven't done yet. So when we look at Joseph, we look at him and we see God's sovereignty. We see the faithfulness of Joseph. We see that he was resisting temptation, which is in his case, we look at it as the big temptation but sometimes we can't even resist the temptation of going out to eat and ordering that big piece of cheesecake when I said I was going to fast yesterday. Um, even though it's small, it's still temptation when we know that there's some things that we want to do and um, the enemy will use what he can and what's, what he know he can, that, that can just take us off slightly. Eating cheesecake is not a sin, but it might throw you off a little because now you've, you know, you were going to fast and now you broke the fast. We say, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow, you know. Um, but the faithfulness on the call, on the call, 
that's on our lives is powerful. And that we, as leaders, we have to know where we are at all times. We have to know our temperature, just like now with COVID, when you go somewhere, they take your temperature. We need to wake up every morning and go to bed every night taking our temperature and looking at our day. What did we do? Did we forgive? Were we angry? Do I need to call somebody and apologize the next day? What? Where were my thoughts? Was I angry? Was I frustrated? Which are all human thoughts and, and human, human reactions. But as leaders, we have to keep all that in check. Because there's always going to be that one person. There's always one person on the job. There's always one person in the church that's going to get on your last nerve. Not saying you don't love them in the name of Jesus, but there's always that one that they don't do anything bad. They just, why can't we do this? And they're always moving stuff around, trying to be Pastor Junior or giving suggestions because the pastor has a vision or it's always that one person. And so how was a pastor, how was a leader, how do you handle that when you know that's going on and you still have to love and you still have to stay focused and you still have to take your temperature every day? We don't know what Joseph went through and how he felt every single day. But we know he was faithful. I'm sure he had some hard and lonely nights. I'm sure some nights he might have cried about what his brothers did to him. But also, I know it made him very humble to know that God kept him even through all the trauma and the drama that was caused because he shared his dream. God bless. That was wonderful. <laughs> Yes, I'm like, mm. Child, I'm sitting here like, Lord, help me, Jesus. Uh, prophetess, that was very good. Um, and that is a definite on-time topic conversation and word that is needed in the body. I mean, unforgiveness is a biggie and it is, it is a much needed um, we need to forgive. We can't go, unforgiveness causes us to become stagnant. And Joseph was a, is a excellent example of how unforgiveness made such a tremendous impact to the people of God. And what better person to use as a story concerning unforgiveness because he had every right. He had every right to not forgive them mm -hmm. because of what they did. I mean, they put through him in a pit and lied to his father and said that he was dead. Because mm -hmm. in their hearts and in their minds, that's where they rather he be. And that's, exactly. a, hard, that's a hard thing to even swallow with family where you find out that instead of saying, oh, he ran away, or we don't know what happened, he got kidnapped. They told his father that he was dead. That's the thing that pointed out to me on tonight 
Like, mm. wow. You know, because we read this story all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a very familiar story. But the right. fact that they said he was dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, like dead, uh, looking to rise no more. But they, they were so determined and so satisfied with the fact that he was gone. They had to kill something in order to fake that he was that Joseph was dead. Yes, and then kill something. <laughs> to go, mm-hmm. go as far as killing something and putting blood all on his coat, uh-huh. tearing his coat up to prove to his father, mm-hmm. their father, not his father, but their father, that he was dead. That that right there in itself was like wow. And here, that's, that's real deep. I yeah, said that's but, deep because to 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 say that he was dead, they had to kill something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that'll preach. That'll preach. But 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 check it out though. What was his father's name? What was Joseph's father's name? <clears throat> um, what you call him? Jacob. Israel. Oh, yeah, Jacob Israel, yeah. <laughs> but remember, what was Jacob's what, what was Jacob's name? What was he called? <clears throat> yeah, there you, there you go. It was a generational curse. Yeah, come on with it. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> there it is. Come, come on, on. Now. come on. There it is. Wow. And wow. so, so the so the generation below became Trickster's too. Yep. Wow. That. <clears throat> But to say he was dead. It was mm-hmm. in the bloodline. Yep. Oh my God. I mean, I'm stuck on that. <laughs> yeah. I said he was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then, oh wow. That, yeah. And then he, and then, and, and 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 not only, you know, he said he was dead, but then he turned around and said, Y'all meant it for my evil. Mm-hmm. Look what God did. Mm-hmm. He turned around. All because I shared my dream. <laughs> All because I shared my dream. Yep. Wow. You was already mad at me because daddy loved me. You, y'all thought he loved me the more because I was the youngest. And then I turn around and throw, and throw a dream at you. And the dream, you interpret as though I'm going to be the king and y'all going to bow down to me. Um, and even the father does the same thing. So it was like, oh, no, no, we ain't bowed down to you. You got to go. <laughs> That's what that, but, 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 but here's the thing. They wanted to bow down anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it was, his dream was true. He didn't lie. It was true. Yeah. Oh, my God. See, this yeah. is like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that something? It is something. I mean, you know, when you. When you sit there, I see this is why I love, I love Bible study. I love the word. I love hearing the word. You know, yeah, we read it. We know about Joseph. They even made a, mm-hmm. they even made a cartoon about the, the man. But, mm-hmm. but, but to hear, like to hear you bring out these important points and, and how hard, it's hard to forgive. Yeah. It's hard to forgive people for Stuff that's more simpler, more less less damaging than this. But here, you know, the thing that that made you know, they said he was dead. I mean, I'm st- I really am 
stuck on that. They said that boy, they said that man was dead. And then he turned around and forgave him anyway. Yep. <clears throat> Isn't that something? See, and we go through, and this, and, and that's why I'm saying he, this is such a good example, a good story to share when you want to talk to somebody about unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. Because he had to, if he had hardened his heart mm -hmm. when they came before him, God knows, God only knows what would have happened to the nation of Israel. But remember when they came before him, he broke down crying. Because yeah. think about all the years that he thought about them. Oh yeah, he's like, I know he probably I got some choice words for them. Yeah, well, but he broke but he broke down and cried mm -hmm. when you know it was like, oh my gosh, like did I, you know, we don't know what he thought, but we know that it was a matter of the heart. Mm -hmm. His heart had to be somewhat broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know mine would. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, the fact that my family, you know, tried to kill me and, and you know, fake my death and all that. And now I have to help them. Mm -hmm. And they have to come to me. Mm -hmm. And that's the heart. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the forgiveness part. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the, the power mm -hmm. of God moving and on this man's heart. That's the forgiveness part. So even though he went through all that, even though he knew they did this to him, he still helped him. Yeah, um, a prophet, prophetess Tina said, would you say he was torn on how he should treat Yes, yes, yes. yes. The, te uh, the tears for sure, the tears yeah. for sure because of what he went through and it, it, when you think about it, by the time they need him, is is way is way late. Is years later, and mm -hmm. so he's got to think about his faithfulness to God, mm -hmm. or do I satisfy my heart mm -hmm. and, and take him out, or let him just die from hunger? And so that had to be a struggle. You know, it has to be a struggle. Just like when you're mad at somebody, you haven't talked to somebody for years in your family. And you look down the phone ring and you'd be like, for real? I don't want to take, I don't want to take this call. I don't, don't want to be bothered. Oh God. You know, you go through all that and you answer the phone and you find out they need they need prayer. They need, you know what I mean? Something like that. But um, but when you listen, but what's so deep about his story is that when they're in the field, when they're when he's when they're coming to meet each other mm -hmm. and they're in the field walking towards it, I mean, you know, they're walking. So they got their, he got, his whole family is coming towards him. And his family is scared because they don't have no idea what Joseph is going to say to them. Mm -hmm. But they come and begging because they're hungry. Mm. And there's nothing left. They left their land. And you they know, another mm -hmm. thing too, uh, to tag on to uh answer to the question, you have to realize too, the last encounter he had with them was not a happy, it wasn't pleasant. So he oh. lived on a very, very un, unpleasant terms. And so he went, went through all this, went to the pit, to the palace, the prison, all that, thinking in his mind, he ain't never gonna deal with it no more. He probably said, the enemy I see today, I shall see no more. So he right. kind of got over it. But then all of a sudden to have that pain come right back and hit him straight in the face. So yeah, mm -hmm. he was torn. He definitely was torn. He didn't know whether he wanted to, because he had the power to say a word and have him execute. I mean, because where he was in his position. 
So he was like, I can get them. I can really, I can destroy each and every one of them. But his heart was in of the right posture because God was with him and he knew God was with him. So yeah. But not only that, how could he, if you look at the, on the other, the flip side of it, how could he uh, not help them when God saved him the entire time and he never died, even though they did what they did, God still was with him. Yeah. 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 That's hard. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, we give God glory because he did at the end of it all, after all that he went through, he forgave them. He blessed them and he saved the nation of Israel. Yeah. And Egypt. That was powerful. Powerful. So yes, we all have to deal with, uh, we all have our own issues. We have our issues of unforgiveness that we all have to deal with. We all mm -hmm. have to look in, and we have to be ready because those same people that hurt you, they're coming back. They're coming back and they're going to be looking for help. And we have to be in a place to actually help them. We have to want to be in a place to where we want to actually be there for them. We, we, mm -hmm. can, we love God. We got to. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't ask me for nothing. No. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, if we have to we, gotta I, be right. I, you know, I you know, you know, I know. Girl, girl, oh, Jesus, you know, oh, oh Pastor Marquisa is over here. Hey, girl, yeah, Pastor Marquisa, prophetess. Uh, Tina and Sister Royale don't pop back on here. You got a good little group today. Anybody oh, have any questions or comments? I see them uh, in the chat room chatting. Um, anyone have any other questions they have for Prophetess Patrice concerning the lesson on tonight or anything they want to share that 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 really, really uh, touched them, touched you in their heart, in your heart, or just encouraged you or something you want to share? Um, I'll share. <laughs> For the most part of what I caught, uh, it my my tablet died on me. But what the most part of what I caught, um, I, I like the story of Joseph and just basically, um, just uh, if, if the story always blesses me and and just how how you were breaking it down, it blesses me about exactly how he persevered and kept going. You know, even in the midst of everything that he was going through, and yeah. I, I just, I just, I like it because, uh, you know, the strength and encouragement story, you know, definitely resonates with me. So I, I really like, you know, that that story. So that was it. <laughs> Amen, Joseph Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, oh. Yes, Prophet Tina says, I believe we have to be in a place in our mind and heart to look past the hurt and move in forgiveness. You are absolutely right. Yeah. That's and that's a and that's a process. Yeah, it's that forgiveness part too. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta talk to God about it. You gotta talk to yourself about it. You gotta talk to God again. You gotta get mad all over again. Right. It's a lot, it's a whole process because in, and you can't just say it just to be doing it. Yes, I agree, it's a process, but you still have to, yep, it is because the 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 work that it takes 
Um, and a lot of times the enemy wants to keep you there and keeps reminding you of what happened. You keep replaying it. And then sometimes the story gets greater and greater and greater. And it's, you know, um, depending on, you know, if we want to get better with that or we even want to forgive. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, unless someone forgives us, you know, um, it's, it's, it's serious. That's the place where I am right now and just mm. all over again. And I had the experience actually today, a person who literally, well, not physical pit, but emotional pit, all of mm -hmm. that really impacted a lot about me. Um, and growing up, all of that, who I see is trying to, you know, get close or, or mend, I guess, maybe mm -hmm. um, the relationship. And every, almost every time I encounter them, it's a knot in my stomach. I'm not mean to them. I'm not right. Whatever. And I know this person is getting older, right? Mm -hmm. They're going through some things and I'm like, Lord, what am I gonna, how can I do deal with this situation? Because while I thought, I see how God used that person in a sense, you know, to get me to be more compassionate about people and being mm -hmm. when this person just kind of cast me out most of my life, right? Mm. That's all I wanted to do was kind of be close. And so now that they're coming closer, it's like, I, I don't know if I want to try this, but I know that I need to. But again, it's this not when I'm telling you, it's like, I, I, I just, I can't even breathe almost in this person's presence. <laughs> so it tells me that there's some work. I needed to be a Joseph. There's some work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, no, we don't have to be tight, but I need to get rid right. of this thing that's mm -hmm. happening when I encounter this person. And again, this person, I see that they're getting older and they're, right. they're reaching out to mm -hmm. almost know me again. And, so, and, and a part of you yeah. might think that it, they're reaching out for a guilt, but at the same time, you're like, well, they are getting older and they need to forget. But the most important thing at this point is for you to ask God, what is that not? I agree. What is that? I'm angry. What is that? What is that? Oh, there you go. You're angry. Okay. Yeah, you confess it unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. You have to really give it to him and say, you know, God, I, I'm angry. You, I'm angry. I'm angry. I want to forgive. I want to move on. And, you know, I don't want to have any, any harbor, any hatred in my heart, but I'm angry. And then we got to just, then you have to just trust that God will, will fix it, that God will bring about deliverance, that God will bring about healing. You know, one thing you don't want to do, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Prophet Patrice, but one, no, thing, you're fine. one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to harbor on that knot. Mm -hmm. that, that you have because the enemy will make you focus on the not and then all, your whole your whole uh mind your, your whole life will be built around this not i got i got this not i got this not but you know what acknowledge the not and give it to god and just say god even when it comes up god it's coming back you know Start speaking words, you know, find scriptures on forgiveness and find a word on forgiveness and just start begin to speak it because when you speak it out loud, you know, hearing comes from the word of God, you know, hearing, you know what I'm saying? That that faith coming through hearing and hearing through the word of God. Believe it or not, but when you start to quote the scriptures out loud to the point where you speak it and you hear it, it does something. So you gotta you gotta go through that process, practice that process. 
Practice that process because after a while, that knot will subside. Trust me, it will subside. But that's how I worked on it. I Every time it came, I said, God, I would straight to prayer. I don't care where I was. Even the person was right there in the midst. I just started praying. God, this knot is here. Help me. And if it takes time, you got to walk away or, you know, take some time into yourself to do it. But don't acknowledge and focus on the knot. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm really, truly listening and taking this in. And just the thought, I'm like, ugh, ugh. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't focus on yeah, it. It's there. Acknowledge it. Tell God it's there. Tell him, please take it away. But don't let mm -hmm. your life, your whole day and whole, your whole moment of the, of the day and hours go by and you're just focusing on that knot. That's the enemy. He wants to, he wants to distract you. Keep moving, keep moving, keep doing what God called you to do. Keep going on with the ministry. Keep going on with your life. Don't just stop and halt because you got this knot going on on the inside. Amen. What did Tina say? I didn't see. I missed it. She said something. I think it's in the chat. Um, she said, but I also believe at some point we have to be willing to go through the process, confess how you really are feeling about the situation and move toward forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's acknowledging it. Because yeah. I hear Marquisa, I hear the, I hear the other part when she kept saying he's getting, they're getting older and I hear her heart singing, but I don't want it to be too late and they're, and they pass away and I don't get it. I don't, we don't, I don't, resolve this um because that's a heavy weight too mm -hmm. but you still have to follow the true process so they can be true forgiveness because if you just push try to push past it just because because you don't want them to pass away and, and it hasn't been mended then it's not going to be sincere so even though we know they're getting older, like you said, you're still going to go before God and to help you, you know, identify the not deny his anger and now how to reprocess that anger. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing that came, I mean, as an, an invitation has been extended and I, I hear clear as day that I need to take it. Mm. Like, you know, they're saying, I have all these pictures for, you know, when we was a little girl that I've been holding, I've been, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, originally I was like, just keep them. Right. Literally, it's like, take the invitation. That's the invitation to at least start. Right, because the invitation can be the opportunity to just sit down and have a conversation. Right. You just never know how it's going to flow. Let the Holy Spirit roll with that. Yeah. And you may, and God may use you in such a way. Yeah. That, mm. that person may need something from you that you have. So that that's that's their olive branch. Okay. That's what uh Prophet Tina said. That's their olive branch. Oh, excuse me. The invitation and the uh, y'all deep today. You you opened mm. the deepness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where's my pastor John man? Where my pastor? Did he go to sleep? Mm -mm, he listening. Uh prophetess uh Tina said it's time. 
Mm-hmm. I ain't get, uh-uh. I'm getting off this thing because she bought she she typed. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what happened yesterday during prayer? You know what happened yesterday during prayer, right? <laughs> I was just getting ready to comment about that. Like she always typing. <laughs> Little fingers be going a mile a minute. <laughs> I'm typing and tearing people up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> be laughing while she's doing it too. <laughs> y'all know how y'all girl is. Oh, there she go. We don't oh, need she go. the hour. She don't care. She gonna keep on typing. <laughs> <laughs> Marquisa, that's your that that's your big sister. Uh, do what you have to do. There she go. Cause I understand how it feel for for to hold on unforgiveness and a person dies, and now you're talking to the casket, like they can hear you, and it's a hurtful feeling. You can't go back and change the past. All you can do is deal with what's in front of you. So if if COVID-19 hasn't taught anyone anything, it's forgiveness. It's, it's not worth it. Oh God, it's not worth it. Every day for 18 months, you turn on the TV and one whole family wiped out. A mother and father died within an hour of each other and all the daughter did was take the mother to the hospital and go back home and the dad laying on the floor. So if 2020-21 hasn't taught us anything, it should have taught us all to forgive. Is it worth it? it it doesn't matter how they feel about it but get that weight off of you as a person as an individual lay down these titles lay down yourself and rise up with forgiveness in your heart your mind and your spirit it's not worth it it really isn't People can't help the way that they was raised or how um, things have come about in their lives or how things have transpired between you and them or them and you. Somebody got to say, I'm sorry and mean it. Really mean it. Don't just say sorry like water out of a faucet. Anybody can say that. But if a person's life living on this side of heaven means something to you, forgive them. Forgive them. Like I said, the worst thing you ever want to do is be about your business, have an art with someone, and get a phone call that they're gone. And everything that you thought did matter it really didn't matter because now you can't see them no more. You can't touch them anymore. You can't pick up the phone and just say, I'm just saying hi. All because forgiveness has clogged your throat. Non-forgiveness, unforgiveness has clogged your mind and your spirit. 
only speak from experience, only speak when I'm asked to, I'm only speak when I'm told to, but I'm speaking from experience. It's hurtful. That's all I have to say. Well, it's a painful thing. Thank you, Prophetess Tina, for sharing. Thank you. We thank you for sharing that because it is a painful thing to not be able to, to reconcile and that person passes. You know, it, it haunts you. And I know of someone who um, had the same familiar, same similar experience and um, I believe to this day they're, they're still not right. They're still not right in their mind because of something that transpired between their um, them and their, their mother. They had you know, negative words and she left and that was the last thing she said to her mother and she died and she never got a chance to talk to her or try to make it right. And to this day, her mind ain't right. So it is, it is, um, it's not a good thing. So I, you know, so please, please, you know, let's get whatever we have going on, whatever unforgiveness we have in our hearts, let's forgive and move on. Let's forgive and move on. Because it's all it's doing is putting us in a holding place and, it, and it's, it's bombarding our minds and it's causing us to think we're not thinking clearly, we're not moving clearly. Because it, it sits in our minds and in our spirits and occupies a space. So now that person needs prayer and deliverance because they feel guilt. They got a spirit of guilt on them because they never had an opportunity to get it right with their mother. So now they're dealing with guilt and it rides them and it causes them to act unseemly because their mind ain't in the right place. So, yeah. But we thank God for tonight. We thank God for um, the, the message on tonight, Prophetess Patrice. We thank you so much for sharing. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to share or express on tonight? Okay, well, we're going to close on that. Uh, thank you again. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Prophetess. We thank you. Sister Marquise, I pray that, you know, God will help you in your situation. I pray, you know, you, you said you receive it and you understand and you're hearing you know, what we're, you know, 
receiving what we're the advice that we're giving you and you know what God is saying also because he definitely did speak just now so we um are grateful we praying for you that whatever situation however it works out in your favor that that not <laughs> will go away and that God will heal and mend and make things right with you and that individual and anyone else who have any issues or situations with family, friends, coworkers, whoever it is, let's get it right. Let's get it right. And that's God to help you. Amen. 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 So we're going to ask um, Elder Joya, can you uh, dismiss this on tonight? Joya Bells. <laughs> <laughs> amen father we thank you for this word father we thank you for being with us on tonight father we thank you for speaking to us on tonight father we thank you for the warning we thank you for the warning father um to get ourselves together and to forgive father it's not worth it Father, we, we don't want any other spirits being latched onto us. Father, we don't want spirits of resentment and bitterness and, and sicknesses and infirmities um, being harbored in us because we are harboring our unforgiveness. So Father, forgive us for our unforgiveness and Father, help us and guide us and give us the words to say to make things right. Father, I pray that you would keep us on tonight. Father, I pray that you would give us a peace that surpasses all understanding on tonight. Father, let us get rest. Father, when we wake, let us find things well. Father, keep your angels encamped all around about us as we slumber on tonight. Father, keep our families, keep our friends safe on tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would keep your people, keep us focused, and keep our hearts in the right place, Father. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.